Welcome to The Healing Catalyst. I'm your host, Dr. Avanti Kumar Singh, and I know that Ayurveda can transform your life. How? Because it transformed mine. And the best part is, it's easier than you think. Your body has exactly what it needs to heal itself. All you need to do to enhance its healing power is to start practicing healthy routines, which I can teach you. In over 20 years of practicing both Western medicine and Eastern healing traditions, the most important thing I've learned is that healing is a journey we take together. So on this podcast, I'll be demystifying Ayurveda and other integrated medicine, showing how these simple, ancient practices are the keys to unlocking a healthy modern life. We are all healing catalysts because healing starts within. It starts with you and it starts right now. Let's get started. This is a Soulfire production. Episode number 29. Well, hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the Healing Catalyst podcast. And for those of you who are new to the show, welcome. I'm Avanti, and I'm so happy that you're here. And to my amazing community, thank you for tuning in again. So many of you have been sending me messages asking when the next episode was coming. So thank you for your loyalty listening to the show. Your messages mean so, so much to me because this is the reason I do the show to help all of you. And so it's so great to be back with all of you after taking a few weeks off. I took a nice vacation with my family and then went to California to drop my younger daughter, Isha, back off to college. It was so wonderful to just completely unplug during my vacation. I didn't look at my email or social media for 10 full days, and it was a much needed break. One that I intentionally created a lot of space in for myself to not only connect with my family, but to connect with myself. You know, back in August, I was feeling pulled in so many directions and knew that it was time to stop to catch my breath and reevaluate so many things, especially a lot of things related to my work. There were so many new opportunities that I was considering. And somehow I knew that before I could make any decisions, I needed to take a step back to take time to reflect and consider everything I was already doing. I realized that I was at a point of transition. And because I look at everything through an Ayurvedic lens, I realized that my intuition was telling me to look to nature as my guide, to do as nature does when it transitions from one season to the next. I mean, nature doesn't just go from summer to fall to winter to spring and to summer again overnight. It takes time to change from one season to the next. And it first lets go before it moves on. Nature lets go of the leaves on the trees and the fruits and vegetables in the fields before it moves from summer to fall. Nature lets go of blooming flowers and it lets go of a few hours of daylight. Letting go. It's how nature transitions and it's how we should transition too. I realized that in order for me to move on to new opportunities, I would first need to let go of some things. And so this became my inspiration for the month of September. So as we move into this new month, let's move into a new intention. Heal by letting go. 
Because what I've learned over my five decades on earth thus far is that in order to make space for new growth, we must first let go of that which no longer serves us. We must be willing to let go, let go of old ways of doing things, old projects, old relationships, and old identities. Which is why I was so thrilled to talk to my friend Jessica Zweig about her healing story for today's episode of the podcast. Jessica is an entrepreneur, personal branding expert, CEO and founder of the Simply Be Agency, a published author and a podcast host. Through her work in personal branding, Jessica wants to help people show up as their authentic selves every single day. Jessica and I met a few years ago when I was looking for someone to help me amplify my voice and to help me get my work to more people to help them rediscover their inner healing power through the wisdom of Ayurveda. And our conversation on my podcast today feels like a full circle moment because so much of what we discuss today are things that Jessica and I have talked about in our private conversations over the past few years when this podcast was just an idea that we were dreaming up together. In our conversation, Jessica tells us about her healing journey from struggling with body dysmorphia and low self-esteem that was showing up as crippling chronic sinus infections that would knock her out for weeks to becoming aligned with her true self. We also talk about what catalyzed her healing, the deep work she did to heal herself, and the truths that she had to face. She shares how she literally let go of old identities in order to heal. And we share some vulnerable moments of realization that I think helped both of us understand each other in new ways. Jessica's story is a profound lesson in the healing power of letting go that I know will be helpful to each of you on your own healing journeys. Let's start here. You know, tell me about your childhood, you know, about your early years. Who, who was Jessica when she was younger? Wow. I, no one has ever asked me this. You're amazing, by the way. I just think you're the most beautiful podcaster. You just, I love your show. I'm so happy to be here. So, Thank you. you know, I grew up in the North shore suburbs of Chicago and, you know, my parents were self-made. My mom was a school teacher. My dad was an, a one-man accountant. They came from blue collar families, parents. So we moved to a very affluent suburb and, you know, my mom shopped at TJ Maxx and my dad drove, you know, Buicks. It was like, you know, we, we didn't really fit the mold to be frank. And so I grew up imaginative, very playful little girl. I remember always playing pretend, you know, I love playing with dolls. I loved making little worlds outside in my backyard. But as I got older and became more aware of my surroundings, you know, I realized that I was, I was different than a lot of the sort of affluent sort of North shore energy out there. Um, and so I struggled a lot in middle school and high school specifically sort of remember losing that sense of wonder very dramatically when I hit puberty, you know, I think we all kind of went through some sort of trauma, you know, middle school and beyond. And so I became really involved in the theater department and that was my escape in high school. I literally loved pretending to be someone I wasn't. Thank you for sharing that. 
So tell me about, you know, after high school, you know, were you still like young Jessica or did things start to change for you when you left home? Yeah, it's funny. Wow. I've again, never talked about this. Like I said, there was a lot of dysfunctionality and chaos in my house growing up. My dad had a suffered from clinical depression and um, had a really, really bad temper. And so there was a lot of chaos. And so I remember being at graduation in high school, literally at Ravinia, like that's where we graduated at, at Highland Park. And I had my like cap and gown on. I remember looking up at the sky and being like, this part of my life is over. Like I'm at this chapter and me dealing with this and this being a part of my identity is no longer going to define me because it was really hard. And so when I went away to college, um, I became a theater major and really immersed myself in the arts and passionately dove into that as a career. And I was able with the distance to really start to see my parents as people and not just mom and dad, which allowed me to go through my own healing journey with them. Um, which I'm still on, <laughs> you know, here at 40. <laughs> and then I graduated, went into the acting world and was told quite immediately that I was talented, but if I wanted to be successful, I needed to lose weight. And so that sent me into probably a decade. My entire twenties was defined by body dysmorphia and eating disorders and just constant working out and really was, had a very unhealthy relationship with food. You know, I was pretty enough to go to castings with models, but I wasn't tall and skinny enough to be a model. And so I never really fit anywhere. And I was constantly comparing myself to this standard of beauty that was completely unattainable for me. And that's really ultimately why I left acting to, I, I just couldn't handle that anymore. And then I got into entrepreneurship and, you know, yes, found my purpose and found a lot of a, a whole new set of passions. And I, you know, what I'm really here to do but that also came with its own struggles and, you know, stress and overwhelm. And, and that's actually really to be frank, not to go too down the rabbit hole, but when my health, since we're here to talk about that really reached a breaking point. And, uh, that was the dawn of my spiritual journey and everything. I think many people see today, um, was from that breaking down of my body, my physical health, which was a complete reflection of the sort of the emotional and mental health and manifestation of that illness versus the, you know, the physical. And that has been the best and most beautiful life-changing journey of them all, to be honest, is healing my body. Yeah. So let's back up. There's so much I want to ask you about, but you know, you, you told us there's so many years there that you told us about, what would you say was sort of the, the catalyst, you know, for you to make that change, you know, here you are autonomous from your parents, finally, you know, on your own journey, you're doing something that you want to do, which is acting, but you're being, you know, you're faced with all of these challenges and it's very easy to get swept up in that world. I imagine, you know, I don't know personally, but what was it that gave you that strength? What was that catalyst? What was that turning point for you that said, okay, wait a second, you know, what was that for you? You know, I talk a lot about alignment, right? It's this kind of nebulous thing aligned. Like, how do you put your finger on what alignment is? And I have been able to define what alignment is by understanding what it's not and feeling across various chapters of my life, 
in my, my body, my gut, that this wasn't really me and this didn't feel good. And even though on paper or in my mind or on my resume track, like that there were things in my body that didn't feel right, you know, and I went into a college and I, I excelled. But then after graduating and, and doing it for a few years, acting became less about my talent and more about what I looked like in the industry. And there was a moment, there were a couple moments where I was asked to do like dumb as shit on auditions. And I was like, like dance with a shopping cart, like great, stupid, stupid stuff. And I was like, I feel this is diminishing to my intelligence. And I knew that there were greater things for me. And there was one moment you know, as an actor, all you want is auditions. You just want the opportunities. And there was one moment when my, my, my cell phone rang and it was my agent calling me for an audition. And I felt my stomach turn. Like I felt sick. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like this doesn't feel good. And my first business sort of manifested very divinely. And that was the true catalyst for me to actually answer that knowingness and change directions because I had been building that, that sense of like, ick. every time my agent started to call me for additions, I wasn't excited. I dreaded, I dreaded them, but I had sort of signed up for theater. Like it was my acting, it was my college degree. I'd been doing it for five years. What else was I going to do? And so when entrepreneurship kind of fell from the sky, it was that alignment. It was that full heart. Yes. It was that full body. Yes. And then I ran that magazine for seven years, my first business, and then things started to break down and it was really began in my body. And so each, I think, catalyst has been connected to a feeling I have felt physically and just couldn't articulate it mentally or, or, or emotionally until it, until I had no choice. Hmm. Taking that in for a second. I mean, that's, you know, a lot of awareness that most people at that age, because you were, you said you were 23, 25, something like that when you yeah. left acting. I mean, mm -hmm. that's not actually very common for someone that young to have that awareness, however limited or subconscious it may have been, right? It wasn't so conscious, but it was like, this doesn't feel right. I don't think that that's very common, Jessica. I mean, you know, um, I know I've seen that in my kids, but that's probably because they, they live in my house and... <laughs> <laughs> they've been around this kind of awareness, but it's not something that you see very often. And so it's really interesting to me that you were able to tap into that inner knowing at such a young age. That's, I mean, that's such a beautiful gift to have. Um, and so I really, I just want to honor you for that because it's really, it's not something, it's not something that people are consciously aware of, but even willing to go towards right? They may have a spark of intuition that says, this doesn't feel right. This is not, uh, this is out of alignment, but the, the fear of going in a different direction or going with what their inner knowing is saying is so strong that people will just stay where they are. Right. Um, and so much of what I do is helping people realize that they have that inner knowing and to start trusting it again. Cause I think we lose that when we're children. And that's why I was asking you about, you know, your childhood. Um, I think we learn so much of that. And then it's a process of, process of unlearning those behaviors in a way. So how did you start to then tap into it more than just feeling this inner alignment 
of, okay, this doesn't feel right. But then how did you start to sort of nurture it? When I really, really started to nurture it and to listen to it, Avanti is, is honestly at that precipice in my life, like at age 30 ish, when I started to get physically sick, um, I would call what I had nothing short of like an autoimmune trigger. Mm -hmm. Um, I had chronic sinusitis for 10 years. Um, every bad night of sleep, every moment of anxiety, every cold, bad germ, it would turn into a full blown sinus infection that, um, included migraines, included like crippling fatigue, depression. And I would be sick for like six to eight weeks each time. And it was constant. And so what really set me on the journey of listening to answer your question was when my body broke down after basically conjoining my acting career and my entrepreneurial career, I hadn't stopped, you know, running and chasing success, you know, since I graduated school and it all was sort of connected to wanting to make my father proud of me because he had, you know, he was really hard on me. And that was a huge bane in my life growing up. And so at at around 32 ish, I crashed, um, full, full blown breakdown. I actually had had surgery on my sinuses after nine infections in span of one year, had a, had a surgery to clear them out, healed from that surgery. It took me two months. I was bedridden and got another infection a month later. And I lost my mind and, um, the dark, the darkness, right. Of sickness is unlike anything else I've ever experienced. And it was during those few months that I started to really hear my highest self in a way I'd never actually heard. And that was when I decided to leave that business and, 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 and change my life and start what became simply be. Um, but that was really the dawn more than anything of my true spiritual awakening. And I've never um, really looked back, like getting to understand how to listen to my body has been one of the most profound spiritual gifts I have, I have learned to grow. So that's, that was the catalyst. What do you think the connection is between illness, health, and that sort of spiritual awakening that you're talking about? What was it for you? I just got the chills. Um, This is a beautiful question and one I ponder often, you know, I've heard about, you know, I'm sure you've heard this term star seeds. Um, this idea that like souls manifest and come to life here on planet earth from other parts of the universe to sort of bring about a new way of life and a new way of like living. And that's more conscious and loving. Right. And that we, um, kind of have to go through our own dark journey of the soul. Like star seeds are it's, it's hard to be here. It's uncomfortable to be here. It's humaning is painful for all of us, but particularly I have found like my tribe, like the people that I have connected with in my adult life are people who are, you know, who've been through a lot of pain and trauma to be frank. And so I think that there's a star seed connection to having a physical sort of element manifest in your body because it forces you 
to stop and sort of get in touch with yourself in a whole different level. And you, you have to kind of go through some pain to have that realization of who you're really meant to be and how you're really supposed to feel in your own body and skin and how you really want your energy to to be impacted and how you want to use it to impact others. And none of that is possible when we're going a million miles a minute, just sort of walking through life kind of unconscious and unawake. And, and so for me, I think they're intrinsically connected. And for me, sinus, the sinus issues were always related to lack of boundaries, um, allowing myself to let other people's, you know, personalities like irritate me to the point where I had no dominion over my own reactions, completely related to stress and anxiety, completely related to overworking. And so when I had a full on breakdown of both my physical and mental systems, all of this information was able to come through and it changed my life. And, and so I think that it was almost intended, like I needed to have that breakdown physically, to hear the, the messages of like who I'm really supposed to be and how I'm really supposed to show up in this life. And so I, I think they're completely interwoven. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, uh, you know, each of us has our own personal sort of journey or story around this. And I, I certainly have my own, which is probably why I went down the path of becoming a doctor and then you know, going into integrative medicine and Ayurveda and all of these different things is because uh, for me, that star seed, as you say, was for me to have the experience and the knowledge of learning all this information in the Western medical allopathic world, and then having that information to draw upon when there were challenges for me personally, but also for my children. You know, I, I have said many times that there were many years that I didn't understand why I had spent so many years, so much time, so much money training to become a physician and then walk away from it. And it was when my older child had his first health challenge that it became very crystal clear to me as to why. And it wasn't even my own health journey because that happened before that. Um, it was when Zane had his first health challenges that I was like, oh, I've been preparing to be a doctor mom, but a doctor to my children, the most important patients I'll ever have. Right. And so it, it does it, but you have to be willing to go there and to think about it and to really, really dig deep and, and want to have some kind of an awakening. I mean, you can want it, but, um, and the other piece that I think that's coming up for me a lot is as I'm listening to you is this concept of letting go, you know, of, what do you have to let go of to move towards what you can be, right? Because so much of what you've told me and told all of us in this episode so far is different iterations of you of sort of letting go of what you were to move on, you know? So what, how does that, how does that land for you? The letting go piece. Thank you for reflecting that back to me. Cause it's, so it's like really I've never super considered it that way. And it's it's true. Like every sort of moment I've I've recapped for you today is like an identity, not only a chapter of my life, but like a like a fully integrated self-identity and attachment mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. to who I thought I was, what I thought I wanted to do with my career, who I wanted to be ultimately like letting all of those things go. Like I had, I had to, and that was probably part of what was so painful and certain things were easier to let go of than others, but it's this idea of the constant metamorphosis, the shedding of the skin, like the, the butterfly cocooning. It's like, I, I read recently that when a caterpillar goes into the chrysalis, it becomes mush. Like it literally turns to liquid before it becomes a butterfly. And then that mush is that moment we let go of that other identity. And it's, it's messy. It's painful. There's lots of moments of complete fear and, and like loss of direction. And, and I think that that's the um, prerequisite to live an authentic life is being willing to let go of versions of yourself as much as people, places and things too. Yeah. And I think it's also so much a part of healing and health is letting go of the expectations of what your health should be like, of what your life should be like, your expectations of what you should feel like on a daily basis, your expectations of what a symptom should be and what the medication should do and what the surgery should do, you know, letting go of the attachment you have to your symptoms or how they're showing up. You know, there's so much of that. I think that's part of life, but part of healing. And it's all, it's all a reflection of each other, right? Healing is life. That's the whole point that the whole reason we're here is to learn these lessons and heal through them and help others heal. Um, from my perspective, you know, that's, that's the spiritual piece of being on this earth. Um, and so letting go, I think is a really interesting thing to be thinking about. And I've actually been thinking about it. You know, again, I've, I've talked a lot of on this podcast and, you know, the past episodes about the pandemic, because I launched this podcast in the midst of the pandemic. It's hard to not talk about it, um, or to bring it up because it's so part of our lives. But I've really been thinking about um, in the last few weeks, I went on vacation, came back about not only the transitions that we're going through right now with, you know, life and are we post COVID? Are we with COVID? Like, well, we don't even know how to define it. Right. But this idea of letting go, right. Of letting go of the way we were doing things. And, and this is at a micro level and at a micro level, like at a very personal level, but then also out into the whole world, the whole universe, right? And, and letting go of those things and allowing ourselves to just be in the possibility of what can be and not necessarily comparing and, and you know, identifying so much with the identities that we had before or the way that we did things, you know? I don't know. It's just something that I've been thinking about a lot. I don't know how, how you've been thinking about this. You know, it's so funny that you say that because, you know, we're expanding to Nashville. When I'm there, Avanti, I feel so in my feminine. It's a feminine place. Whereas I think Chicago where we're based is very masculine. Like it's got a lot of hard edges and square buildings and go, go, go. And I'm a different version of myself here. And I've been wanting to let go of that side of me that honestly, like as a CEO, as a leader, as a businesswoman, like is constantly doing. And like, I don't really feel in alignment. Like it's, it's, it, it works for me, I guess I built a business. It's 
going okay. But does Jessica feel at her highest self? No. And so, and, and I've been wanting to tap more and more into like my feminine, right. And be more in the flow and to trust and surrender and let go. And it's hard for me to do that at this sort of place in my life. And so I just offer this up to your audience because I think we all want to feel a lot lighter. It's a heavy time, right. And like, no one wants to go and hustle and work and feel overworked like most of us do. And so I don't think it's an either, or I think it's a both. And, and I think it's finding pockets of time or places in the world or people to be with, where you can like lean into that space of letting go and ease and the feminine, if you will, that doesn't necessarily mean women just means the feminine energy and experience. And I think that that's, I don't think, I know that's exactly what I'm working on right now in real time. So it's very timely you say that because I'm I'm right there with you and trying to bring more of that into my own in my own life. It's it's kind of become a non-negotiable. Yeah, you know, and I'm thinking about the fact that, you know, I'm I'm first generation, you know, my parents immigrated from India. It's all about go, 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 study hard, work hard, you can play later. That was really the mentality. And I don't blame my parents for that. That they left everything they knew and came here to this country for a better life for me and my sister. And that is so ingrained in me. And it's sort of like, okay, you set your sight on doing something and then that's where you're going. You're not going to let go of it. And I find that I have parented my children in a very different way. And it's sort of this idea that it's okay to make decisions with the information that you have right now and then make a different decision. Right. And so it's like constantly letting go of maybe what you thought was going to happen, what you thought you were going to do. Um, and then even when it comes to health, you know, how you, how the symptoms are showing up, what the medication will do, what the surgery will do, whatever you want to say, right. But letting go of those expectations on a regular basis to be able to, to move forward in your life, to be able to constantly move forward. And what's so interesting is that that's actually what mother nature does. And in Ayurveda, it's all about living in harmony with nature. Mother nature teaches us that you do have to let go. I mean, we're, we're coming up on fall. We have beautiful seasons here in Chicago, right? And it's beautiful and nature lets go. So why is it that we as human beings don't think that we should do that and that there's any shame or guilt or, you know, sort of feeling like you have to explain yourself or like, oh, I was going to be an actress. Now I'm not going to be an actress or you know, I was going to be practicing allopathic medicine and now I'm going to totally do something different and do integrative medicine and, you know, specifically go into Ayurveda, right? I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just as we're talking, it's, you know, it's interesting that we as human beings put these constraints on ourselves that mother nature doesn't and mother nature is doing just fine. <laughs> yes, it is. Right. The ultimate, uh, totally the ultimate teacher and, and mother. I love you, Avanti. Your work <laughs> is so profound. And I honestly want to say too, like just listening to you talk about the mirroring of, you know, what, what we're talking about is like women in the world, you know, building careers and the practice of Ayurveda. You know, I shouldn't say this too boldly, but I often say that like Western medicine failed me only because I, you know, was sick for so long. And all they did was throw antibiotics at me and put me in surgery and didn't work. So I had to turn to holistic modalities. And I just feel so passionate about 
the work that you do because it literally changed my life. And it's more than medicine. It's more than herbs. It's more than certain spices and foods. It's like a complete harmon harmonizing of the way that we live. Mm -hmm. And it it's so um, powerful for people. And I just wish more people, and that's what you're here to do is to really bring it to the masses that like understood its power and didn't think that it was like, oh, that's something for other people like that. I don't mm -hmm. know, but it, mm -hmm. and it's so um, cosmic because it is connected to nature and, you mm -hmm. know, the earth is a, a planet in a solar system and a galaxy in the universe. And it's just, it, we are the universe, you know? Right. We're connected. We're all connected to, it. we're all made of the same five elements, right? Everything in the universe. And so how can we not be connected? And so if you really believe that, then how can you not be part of what nature goes through? Right. So why are we exempt from that idea of letting go and, you know, changing the identity and changing? I mean, it's just like changing the seasons. I mean, Chicago, I'm looking out of the park in front of my house. It looks different every three or four months when the seasons change. And it's supposed to do that. It's supposed to change. Right. So why are we not supposed to? And so I think, you know, maybe my invitation to people is really to think about you know, this time of transition, but also this idea of letting go and allowing yourself to let go of who you were, what you were doing um, and keep what you want, but then be okay with, you know, having a new identity, having a new way of doing things. It's okay to do that. You're supposed to do that actually. Um, what do you think was the, the hardest thing for you to let go of, to, to move forward, to heal? Oh my God. What a good question. I know. I was obsessed with the belief that I was a sick person. Like my symptoms for my autoimmune trigger, whatever you want to call it was so intrinsic to my identity. Like I proudly talked about my supplements. I proudly talked about, you know, my horrible bouts of being bedridden. Like it was like something I was like almost addicted to. Like my identity was so dependent upon calling my, I would always say like, well, I get sick all the time. I'm, I'm always sick. I mean, I, and there was something weird attachment to it that I had to really unwind and choose to have a completely different story about how actually healthy my body was. Like that was a massive, that actually since that time, no, I haven't been sick since like changing my identity around my relationship to my illness, because it was a huge part of my identity. And I had to let that whole thing go. And I don't identify as a say, I'm a vibrantly healthy person. My immune system is super strong. I am not the type of person who gets sick. Like that's, that is my truth now. And that is the truth now. You know, Thank you for saying what you said, because it's profound. And it actually comes to something that I wrote about in my book that, you know, I actually probably need to talk about more <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. And I wrote in my book that I released last year that it's when you change your relationship to your symptoms that everything changes. And that's exactly what you're talking about is changing the identity, changing the relationship to those symptoms. And my point was, is that it's not about do the symptoms go away or not? Does the illness go away or not? But it's your relationship, how you look at that. 
And if you can start to look at it as it's a sign, it's a warning sign, it's a message, and then change how you look at it, it will change. And I know that people are sort of like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to, you know, take that in because that's a hard one for a lot of people to hear and to take in. And they're like, yeah, you don't know what it's like to be blah, blah, blah. I get it. I haven't had every symptom, every illness that there is, but it's just something, it's, it's another way to look at things that I would offer because that's been my experience. You just shared it was your experience. It's been the experience of many people that I've worked with um, that have not necessarily gotten rid of the sinusitis or the headaches or the pain or whatever, but they change their view of it. They change, they let go of the identity that's attached to it. And it's profound what happens on that journey. Profound. Yeah, it's really, really profound. Let me ask you this as a follow-up question. so you said, I asked you, what did you have to let go of to heal? But what was the hardest thing to let go of? This is going to be really, this is going to sound crazy. I'll try and make the story short. So I actually worked with a healer who told me I had a business partner in my first company and she and I had a very toxic relationship. And it was when I started getting sinus infections and she, um, met with me, this healer years after, you know, I, I had gotten this autoimmune trigger kind of kicked off during that chapter. And then I kept getting them. And I met with this woman who did a diagnosis on me. She was an, she was more of an energy medicine healer. And she looked at my system and she was like, you're actually not really physically sick. You're, you're energetically sick. And there is there, was there a woman, when did you start getting these sinus infections? She asked me, she sort of traced it back and she didn't know anything about my life. And she asked me, I pointed to the year of the time in my life. She goes, was there a woman in your life that was jealous of you? And I, I was like, yeah, yeah. And I never wanted to say that out loud that she was jealous of me. Like, I just think jealous women are like, I don't know. I don't have anything to do with them. And I certainly never like feeling like I'm a woman that women would be jealous of. It's very, it's just not how I, I roll. And, and I had to sort of own like, yeah, that was probably her. And she said, she's still in your energy body. And you need to like, really let this relationship go. You need to like heal it. You need to like release it. You need to, and this whole time I had like made myself wrong. Like I had never really owned, like she was really horrible to me. In fact, I was always like, how can I learn the lesson and self-forgive and, you know, send her love and light. Like that was my stance. And I really had to like, let go of victim in a way. And that she wasn't actually that good of a person to me. And believe it or not, we were still friends on Facebook. <laughs> and I like, it sounds so trite, but I, I blocked her like years later because it was, it felt like an energy portal that was still open. And, you know, really like I let, I had to let go of like a whole narrative about my, my life because that was seven years of my life Avanti, that that relationship kind of held its grip on me even after the fact. And I've never shared that publicly, but I've been sick since. Yeah, that's profound. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, letting go of the story that we want to tell ourselves about how we were in a situation or a relationship, not that we're lying to ourselves, but we want to think better of ourselves. And you know what? 
a lot of the times it's not us, it's the yeah. other person, right? And yeah. so what, what you're talking about is letting go of the story that I was at fault. I must have contributed to this or, I mean, it's always two, you know, two hands, you need two hands to clap, but, but it's that letting go of like, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to send love and light and I'm going to do this and do that. And you can do all those things, but also let go of the story that they didn't do anything wrong or they didn't have a part in it. And I, I, I've had to do that for myself. I, I talk to my kids about this all the time who are, you know, coming into adulthood and to friends and family. And it feels like it's coming up more and more as again, through this pandemic, we've had to change how we communicate and relate with people. Yes. Right. And, and maybe there's, there's been some good things about being able to take a step back and and decide which relationships we want to keep and not, and what they're going to look like. So um, that was really, really profound of you to say that. I, I really appreciate you saying that because I think it's really important to think about um, just letting go of so many things that, and we, we feel like these are things that make us good people and they do, right? and they can also be harming us. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's such a huge point. Like, I think people who listen to your show and people who follow me, like we're good people. We're on the path. We want to be growing. And part of that work requires us to look inward and to take responsibility, right? Like that's a huge game changer in my world, right? And to your point, it takes two hands to clap. It takes two hands to clap. And sometimes people don't treat us right. Correct. And that's not on us. Exactly. And, and, and when we can detach our attachment to making it on us because we want to be good people, right? Right. There is something very healing in that. It changes everything. It's a very slight, it's a very subtle difference, but it is profound and it's, yes. it's so important. So thank you for sharing that. I think that that's really, really amazing that you were able to do that and to make that connection. And so, you know, it comes back to that whole idea that, you know, your physical symptoms, your emotional symptoms, the things that are showing up are showing up for a reason. And if you're willing to go there, to go inside and ask yourself the questions of like, why is this showing up for me? You know, what is the connection beyond the physical, emotional, and, and, and go to the spiritual, you know, it, there can be some profound things that you will learn. Um, and then this whole idea of letting go, you know, of letting go of these identities. So, you know, I know that we could keep talking for a while, but I want to ask you a question that maybe would help people. What's a piece of advice that you, you would give to my listeners about healing, about letting go, about moving towards who you're supposed to be? Slow down and learn and practice how to be with yourself. That has been the greatest catalyst, sitting still, being alone, going into nature, solitude, aloneness, to be frank, and listening to my higher self and really communing with source or whatever you want to call it has allowed me to find information that um, 
is my truth. It's my, my work simply being, Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, we are here to teach what we are here to learn. Like I'm a student of that myself because I'm always doing, but I, I have found that stillness and silence has been my access point to knowing what I need to let go of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. Can I ask you a few fun questions that so people yeah. can get to know you better? Okay, in a different way. Um, okay, so the first question, complete this sentence. Wellness is? Self-love. Hmm. What is one myth about healing that we need to change? You are your own healer and your doctor is not God. (laughs) Amen. I I agree with you. That's what my work is about. What is something that people often get wrong about you? That I am superficial. Hmm. That's completely wrong. Um, (laughs) What is something that most people don't know about you? That I struggle with my own imposter syndrome and confidence pretty much every day. Thank you for sharing that. What is one thing that you're really excited about right now? Expanding to Nashville and having a, a place to call home that has lots of green and trees and birds chirping. That's Amazing. all I want. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. What is one thing that you're deeply grateful about right now? My, my health and that I get to live a life that is very, very blessed. What is a song that you're listening to on repeat right now? You know, so I wanted to give this guy a shout out. His name is Appleby. He's this really dope artist from Chicago. He's like an R&B singer mm-hmm. that um, he's got like 2,500 followers on Instagram. He's got like a couple thousand plays on Spotify. And I heard him on Sirius XM radio. And I was like, who's this? And I've double clicked into his music. He's so talented. I can't believe he's so small. Hopefully he blows up at Appleby. If you are into like R&B, soulful, melodic, electronic music. <laughs> that's a, that's a wide range, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I'll have to look him up. Um, so, you know, I feel like this is a good place for us to end our time together and it's sort of coming full circle, but And you kind of answered this, but I'm going to ask you again, if I offer up the phrase to catalyze healing, what comes up for you? Catalyze healing. You have to prioritize yourself in a way that feels radical and empower yourself to take the deepest journey within that you probably have ever taken in your life. I agree 100%. Thank you, Jessica. It's been wonderful to have you on my podcast and for this conversation. I adore you. I have so much respect for you and what you do in the world and you are the real deal. And um, thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for being here. We'll do it again. If you love this podcast, and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way, you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. And if you're feeling really inspired, please leave a review so that others can find this podcast more easily. If you want to learn more, visit me on the interwebs at avantikumarsingh.com, and you can subscribe to my newsletter, where I send exclusive invites to my events, 
special announcements, and give you more self-healing tools and tips. And if you want to hang out even more with me, I spend most of my time on Instagram. You can find me at Avanti Kumar Singh, and we can connect more there. Until next time, remember, with the right catalyst, you have the power to activate your own healing because healing starts within.